0: Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
2: Theater Five presents Last Ride on the Merry-Go-Round. <laughs>
3: my file on the Dugan claim, Mr. Williams.
0: Uh, Good. Let me look at it. You are? I read your report. I authorized the emergency check, but uh, Mrs. Dugan can't start receiving regular relief payments till you conclude your investigation.
3: Oh, but I did. No means of support, two infant children, no relatives in the state.
0: Uh, The husband, Miriam, Stephen Dugan. What about him? Oh, gee, that's ridiculous. What good would it do to interview him? He's the
3: reason for the relief claim.
0: The fact that a man is in prison doesn't mean he can't be interviewed. He may give you a line on one of his relatives who'd be willing to support his... uh, His
3: widow? Might as well call her that. Dugan's waiting to be sentenced to death.
0: Miriam, I know it seems ridiculous. Maybe even inhumane. Yeah? A condemned man isn't likely to care who's footing the bills. But the welfare department is run by regulation. The husband is alive and available for interview, so he's got to be interviewed. In this particular case, we might not like the regulation, but our personal feelings don't count. Okay. But I still think it's a waste of time. So's this meeting, so get going.
3: Dugan?
2: Yeah.
3: I'm Miss Simpson. I'm from the Department of Welfare.
2: So? I'm
3: sorry, but I have to ask you some questions.
2: All right. Uh,
3: let's see now. Um, last place of employment. Cafe Chanticleer, is that correct?
2: I owned the place.
3: Was that your sole source of income?
2: Look, sister. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You sold Café Chanticleer to a Mr. Max Reamer,
2: your former partner.
3: Is there any money remaining from the proceeds of the sale? No? Huh?
2: What do you want to know for?
3: It's a question I'm required to ask.
2: Ten lousy grand. My piece was worth 40. Max had me by the neck. I asked if there were any... The whole ten went to Sam Fetter, my lawyer. Some lawyer. He's giving me a bargain. He's throwing in the appeal for the same fee.
3: I'm sorry.
2: I know these questions. They're stupid.
3: Mr. Dugan, I do understand, but when a claim is filed with the department, we must. What
2: kind of claim? A relief claim.
3: Remember, I, I said I was from the Department of Welfare. What's
2: that got to do with me?
3: Well, your wife filed a... Look, didn't you know your wife asked for public assistance?
2: You grab a guy, you hang a frame on him... You tell him he's had his last ride on a merry-go-round. Then you come in here asking questions? What are you trying to do, Welch? You think my wife would go to the stinking welfare if she had any dough? My wife? You dizzy dame. Public assistance. The same lousy public gave me a bum rap. That's why you're forcing my wife to beg. I'm awfully sorry, Mr. Dugan. I'm just
3: doing my job. A
2: rotten job. Rubbing a guy's nose in. That's what a silly dame, a professional do-gooder... Well, if you really want to do some good, you get me out of here. Then I'll take care of my wife and kids with no help from you.
3: Fred, I want you to give me a completely truthful answer.
1: You insinuating that an assistant district attorney is ever anything but completely truthful? Oh, come on.
3: Do you remember the Dugan case? Steve Dugan?
1: Sure. He killed a police officer.
3: Beyond a shadow of a doubt.
1: What's the Dugan case got to do with you, Miriam?
3: Well, his wife asked for relief.
1: Hmm. Well, killers have families, too. It's a shame they don't think of them before they kill. Haven't answered my question. Oh, he's guilty, all right. All of us in the office worked on the case, so if you want the gory details, I can ruin your lunch. Tell me. What happened in Dugan's office back at his little nightclub. He shot the officer and carried his body out the rear entrance to where Dugan's car was parked. He was caught with the body in the car. He claims he was framed. Yeah, they all do. His story was that he found the cop dead in the office. He panicked and tried to get rid of the body.
3: Wasn't that possible?
1: Oh, don't be
3: naive. I lost my naivete during my first month of social work. <laughs> Fred, what was the policeman doing in Dugan's office?
1: I don't know. The place was on his beach. Maybe he spotted something. Dope, numbers, anything. We'll never know.
3: Well, then you didn't establish a motive.
1: <laughs> Stop watching the TV shows, Miriam. Murder isn't why done it. It's just who done it.
3: But it's so unreasonable. That's
1: what the officer's widow said. Miriam, don't waste your pity on Dugan.
4: You're a nice young lady, Miss Simpson. I mean, nice like girls used to be nice when I was a young man.
3: Well, thank you, Mr. Ferrier, but...
4: care. You care about what happens to my client.
3: Well, I just wouldn't want to see an innocent man if he is
4: innocent. Oh, all my clients are innocent. The first thing I advise, uh, if you're guilty, we'll try to reduce the charge.
3: Is Stephen Dugan innocent?
4: Sure. he told me he was innocent, but... Do you want to know my personal deep-down opinion? Yes. I don't know. I honestly don't know. The facts, the evidence, everything says he killed the policeman. But I don't know. Well, he's a mean one. No good. Uh, But he's smart. And that's why I don't know. Do you mean that if Dugan were to commit a murder, he would have been
3: more clever in covering it up?
4: Exactly. Exactly. But, you see, Dugan said he found the policeman already dead. Then he panicked. Even a clever man can panic. But I took him apart layer by layer. I wanted to know if the cop was bleeding him. I don't understand. Well, that's what the situation looked like. The cop could have had something on Dugan and was asking for more and more. It was an out. Maybe I could have gotten the charge reduced to second-degree murder, but... (laughs) Dugan stuck to his story. Well, if he was innocent, of course he would. That's why I say I don't know. You've appealed the conviction. The formality of the law, Miss Simpson. I contended insufficient evidence. The appeal be thrown out unless, caused by a miracle, I find fresh evidence in Dugan's favor. Only a miracle? Hmm. And in lieu of a miracle, I'll take a missing witness. Oh, but don't worry your pretty head... It's very possible that my client is a liar and a killer.
3: You said a missing witness.
4: Mm. You see, a half dozen people could have gone into Dugan's office that night before Dugan found the dead man. But nobody saw anyone else go in. But there's one man who should have seen a man called Pinky. It was his job to see that no one went into that office without permission. But since the night of the murder, Pinky hasn't been seen. But the police... Now, why should they look for a witness for my client? Pinky? Mm -hmm. What is his real name? Jones. Joseph Jones. Now, you know how many Joneses we have in this city? I had an agency look. They're still looking. He's got red hair and he limps a little. Now, we found 17 Joe Joneses with red hair. Three Joe Joneses who limped. And one Joe Jones who has red hair and also limps. But it wasn't our Pinky.
3: Yes, but why should Pinky hide out?
4: Surely he knew that if fear, Miss Simpson. If he saw the man who entered that office before Dugan, and that man saw him, then he's afraid for his own life.
3: Me. Are you Mr. Reamer?
0: Yeah, I'm Max Reamer. Um,
3: I'm with the Department of Welfare.
0: You have some identification?
3: Oh, yes,
0: certainly.
3: You are. Hmm.
0: Your picture doesn't flatter. You're much prettier. Oh, thank you very much. Like a drink? Or uh, are you like the police? Can't drink on duty. Oh, no, thank you.
3: I was hoping you could give me some information about Joseph Jones. I understand he used to be employed here.
0: You mean Pinky?
3: (laughs) Everyone looks for Pinky. Well, this has to do with the welfare claim.
0: Yeah, and he gave this cafe, uh, huh? The last place where he worked, yeah? Uh, Yes. You're a liar. What? Pinky was a boozer a boozer you pay cash every night like there'll be no next day he don't tell you he works so you won't give him welfare why do you lie what are you after well i'm just trying to locate pinky that's all you're trying to make trouble for max honey, honeyland you come in here again and i'll push your pretty face in
3: like staring into the eyes of death. If anyone killed that policeman, it was Max Reamer. Oh. I just know it.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Come off it, Miriam. Reamer had a right to tell you off. What? around like that, asking questions in the name of the welfare department. You know that if he called up and complained, I'd have to fire you.
3: You would have done the very same thing. I
0: would not. Don't saddle me with feminine intuition. Look, Miriam, you interviewed Dugan and you got the anticipated zero. His wife will now collect relief checks until she goes to work or gets married again. So as of this moment, forget about Dugan.
3: I am convinced that he is innocent.
0: Then you're about the only one who is. Miriam, you're losing your perspective. It isn't your concern.
3: If I could only find Pinky.
0: You have no right to involve yourself or the department. You're a welfare case worker, not a detective.
3: Something Reamer said. He said, Pinky's a boozer. Paid him every night. So what? Well, if that's true, if Pinky was paid in cash... Well, we have dozens of cases, a year of welfare cheating. They hold down some insignificant job at night Uh, and...
0: Oh, you think Pinky might be on the relief rolls? Well, it's
3: possible, and it wouldn't take long to find out. Maybe
0: not, but if the guy's in
3: hiding, he might be willing to forgo his relief checks. But if you were on the rolls at one time or another, it would be a starting point. Miriam. What?
0: I won't give you permission to go through the department files to look for this guy, (sighs) but... um, if you turn up something in the files while working on other cases... Oh, you're a dear... Uh, go on. Get out of here with your feminine <laughs> intuition. Miriam. Yes? Be careful.
3: The landlady said he's in his room. Uh, I hi, Um, Mr. Jones? Please open the door, Mr. Jones.
1: Yeah. yeah? What do you want?
3: Well, I'd like to talk to you, Mr. Jones. What about? I can't tell you out here in the hallway. I'm from welfare. Oh, oh I you say so.
1: Come on, take a look. <laughs> Gorgeous room, huh? Well, <sighs> what do you want?
3: I ain't collected no relief in months. Did you work at the Café Chanticleer? Hmm? Mr. Jones, I'm not concerned with whether or not you received relief payments while working. This is something far more important. You did work there, didn't you?
1: I need a drink. Ah, uh, look at all these empty bottles. Can't find... Ah! there's well, a live one. I found it. <sighs> Bit of this the dog hair that bit me. who
3: mm. uh, sent you? I'm here on behalf of Steve Dugan.
1: On behalf of Steve. Hmm.
5: <laughs>
3: oh, please, you must listen to me. Unless you testify for Dugan.
1: Excuse me, lady. I don't know what the devil you're talking about. Excuse me, you can't... Well, you
3: can't deny that you were working at the Café Chanticleer on the night the officer was killed and that you've been hiding ever since.
1: Says who? Deny anything I wanted to deny? Who are you, some college lawyer? I need a drink.
3: Well, you're afraid. You're afraid of Max Reamer, aren't you? Max? Max? Oh, please put down that bottle. Mr. Jones, the police will protect you. Oh,
1: may, Oh, Bismarck von Wehmer. He's a killer, all right. He'd snap your neck, so just look at you.
3: Well, he can't harm you.
1: Yeah. Nothing can harm old Pinky except this stuff. Now, leave me alone. Oh,
3: Mr. Jones, you're the only person who can help Dugan. Please.
1: Help. Help Dugan? Hmm. Hmm? You know what I'm gonna do the day they pull the switch on doing I'm I'm gonna go out and get drunk. Yes, sir. I'm gonna get drunk. <laughs>
3: just got to arrest Pinky.
1: On what charge? Being drunk in bed?
3: Doesn't it mean anything to you that an innocent
1: man may be executed? Yes, it bothers me plenty, but Dugan's no innocent man.
3: You absolutely refuse to concede the possibility that you could have been wrong. You have it in for Dugan. You're
1: acting like an hysterical sob sister.
3: Hysterical? What about Max Reamer? He had every reason to frame Dugan. He wanted complete ownership of the nightclub, and he got it by framing Steve Dugan.
1: Reamer wasn't even in the nightclub that night. Look, Miriam, let me tell you something about the way this office operates. Sure, we caught Dugan red-handed, but from that moment on, we worked on the premise that Dugan didn't do it. If Dugan didn't kill the cop, who did? So we worked on every lead, counted everybody else as a suspect until we were absolutely sure that no one else could have been guilty. Then, and not until then, Did we ask for the indictment against Dugan? And what about Pinky? We talked to Pinky on the night of the killing. Oh, it surprises you, huh? The guys a drunk. Anybody could buy his testimony for a fifth of whiskey. And if he saw anything, he saw it double or triple. All right, then why did he go into hiding? I don't know, and I don't care.
3: There! Another
1: accusation.
3: Will you promise him police protection if he testifies? Miriam, you're way
1: off base.
3: You but... wouldn't protect him because he testified in Dugan's behalf. What, you. The...
1: <laughs> All right. Come on, I'll swear out a warrant for Pinky.
5: <laughs> oh,
1: the stench in this room. Mm. It's a little better. But it'll take a week of fresh air to get rid of that alcohol smell.
3: Well, he couldn't have gone very far.
1: You don't have to go far in this city to get lost. I'll have a couple of men try to find him again. Will they really look? At Miriam, they'll really look.
3: But if they don't find him in time, Dugan will lose his appeal.
1: More than likely. Oh, it was my fault. If I'd come to you first when I found out where he was hiding... Now stop beating yourself, Miriam. Look, what... What if I did arrest Pinky? There was no guarantee he would have testified for Dugan. No, it's my fault. Forget it.
2: I told you I didn't want to see you.
3: But I had to see you. I had to.
2: You want to see what a guy looks like who's waiting for the chair? Okay, you're in. What do you want? More jerky questions?
3: Well, it it hasn't anything to do with... I mean, I learned that your appeal was turned down. Yeah. You see, I believed in your innocence, and I tried to...
2: I'm sorry.
3: I just don't know how to say this.
2: Say anything you like. Nothing matters anymore.
3: I tried to find a witness. I found Pinky, but... You see, because I went alone, because I didn't go to the police first, he ran away again. Pinky. I know you can never forgive me, but I had to tell you.
2: It was my fault. Pinky. You found Pinky? <laughs> Pinky! Why, you dumb, simple minded do gooder. So you found Pinky, huh? <laughs> what well, well, why do you Did he tell you why he was hiding? Did he tell you he was afraid that I would kill him too? No. <laughs> yeah, him too. You got the message? Doesn't matter now. So, you gotta put your nose in everybody's business. You gotta help everybody. You gotta know everything. Well, I'll tell you something. Sure, I killed that cop, and Pinky's the one that saw me do it. (laughs) You found the right witness for me. You found one guy who could have fixed me, sure. But they fixed me without him. has presented Last Ride on the Merry-Go-Round written by Leonard Stad, produced and directed by Warren Somerville in the cast Gertrude Warner Kenneth Harvey Maurice Tarplin John Seymour and George Petrie audio engineers Neil Pulse and Marty Folia. sound technician Ed Blaney script editor Jack C. Wilson original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman. We invite your comments right to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking.